welcome. You are listening to Grace Capital Church Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Glad that you're here this morning. We made it through the big snowstorm and the blizzard, but you're here, and that's good. And I was just going to mention to Pastor Kevin and Richie, God does love country music. As a matter of fact, God loves both kinds of music, country and western. So it's all, it's all squared away now. I'm glad that we have families in here today. I love the fact that we have our kids in here to, to share with us because it's, it's, it's really kind of who we are as a family. And, and we're, uh, we like to tell people we're intergenerational and today we get to live that out. It's, we have an uh, amazing kids ministry. Pastor Sherry is amazing. She's so passionate. Yeah. <laughs> she does a great job and all the, the helpers that she has and uh, all the volunteers, they do an incredible job. But I'm kind of psyched that we're all in here together today. So it's, uh, let's have some fun. Can we have some fun today? It's a snow day, right? So we might as well kind of felt like wearing my PJs, but not sure how that would have gone on. <laughs> So we're going to get started today, though. We're going to continue talking about truth, veritas, truth. And so we've had some great lessons and some great teachings over the past few weeks about truth, and we're going to continue today. You know, last week we talked a little bit um, before the shower that you all got, if you were here. Eh, You remember that? Uh, We talked about Jesus being the true vine and that we're the branches. And so today we're going to kind of continue with that, and we're going to talk uh, something uh, about something that Jesus foretold, something that Jesus told about while he was here on earth, and that's the Holy Spirit. Uh, So we're going to start talking a little bit about the Holy Spirit today and really kind of dig into who is the Holy Spirit, how are we connected to the Holy Spirit, and uh, how does the Holy Spirit empower us? So we're going to start getting into that um, today, and uh, I I think it's a a perfect timing um, for what we've already experienced this morning. Um, if, If you're new uh, here, or if, if you don't really know much about the Holy Spirit, what we experienced this morning was the Holy Spirit moving in our hearts, moving through the, the music, and, and the Holy Spirit is here. And Scripture tells us where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So there's freedom here. And uh, just like uh, our sister was telling us, today is the day of salvation. If you need to find freedom, the Spirit of the Lord is here, and there is freedom. So you can find that here. So uh, don't, don't forget that. Don't look past that. The Spirit of the Lord brings freedom. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, before we do, though, um, it's been snowing a lot. <sighs> Truth. <laughs> and one of the glamorous parts of our job, all the pastors here that, that are here full-time, one of the really glamorous things that we get to do is if it snows through the week, we get to snow blow and clean the sidewalks off. That's always a lot of fun. So a couple of weeks ago, with the first blizzard that we had, it was my turn. So I went out and cranked up the snowblower and started, and, you know, it was moving along pretty well. There was lots of snow, but it was moving along. And, but I noticed I was really having to push and, and struggle, and, and it's just harder than it needed to be. So I took a look, and sure enough, the right tire was flat. It had a flat on the snowblower. Yeah, oh, that's bad. <laughs> and I noticed, so I was looking at it, and you know how those, the tires don't have a tube or anything in them, so they have that, they're kind of sealed to the rim or whatever. I'm not real handy. 
but I'm handsome. So, so the, uh, there's freedom. <laughs> so the, the tire was, you know, the seal was broken. So I looked down as I was trying to go and the rim of the tire was just spinning like crazy, but the tire wasn't doing anything because that seal was broken. So I was having to work really, really extra hard to get that snowblower to move with just one tire that worked. And uh, by the end of the, when I finished, I was tired. My muscles were achy and it was really tired that day. So I felt like I needed to go home, but I didn't. I stayed here. But that's what it's like sometimes in our lives. We try really hard and work really hard and struggle really hard and only to find out that we're really working harder than we need to. And that's kind of how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us that uh, drivetrain, like the, the snow, uh, snowblower has the drivetrain that makes the thing move, and when both tires go, it's good. That's kind of how the Sp- Holy Spirit can work in us, is, it empowers, Holy, Holy, is He empowers us to live our lives in the way that God called us to live them. So it's the Holy Spirit's empowerment that makes both of those uh, drivetrains work and keeps us moving forward in the mission that he's called us for. So that's really uh, what it's like, and that's, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, is kind of some of the basics about how we can get both of those tires working and how we can blow the snow a little bit better and more effectively uh, as we go through that. So, you know, the Bible tells us that we're created for the, the spirit works. They've already been laid out in us, laid out for us, the spirit works. In Ephesians 2.10, we read that, For we are his workmanship, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're created. That spirit life that we're created for is in us. We're created for that. And so you know, it's already laid out. It even, it even can sound kind of simple. And really, I think it can be simple if we let it. You know, if we're willing to submit to the Holy Spirit, follow his guidance, let him lead us, let him be our helper and our comforter, just like Jesus said, then it can be that simple. It really can. But for us, you know, really to, to, in order to walk in the, the Holy Spirit and the fullness and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we really have to understand who he is. And that's kind of where we are today. We're going to start talking about who he is and, and how he can be in our lives. Because I believe in churches, not just this church, but churches across the country, across the area, um, we probably haven't done as good a job of teaching about the Holy Spirit as we, can, as we should I think there are some churches who completely do no teaching about the Holy Spirit, no mention of the Holy Spirit. But there's also churches that uh, talk about the Holy Spirit and operate with the, the power of the Holy Spirit, but they assume everybody knows. And so those who are new, who are coming in uh, to a new life with Christ, maybe they don't know really who the Holy Spirit is, and maybe, maybe the church is kind of leaving a hole there and, and uh, those people are kind of falling through the cracks. So if that's where you are, uh, then today and the next couple of weeks is really going to be good for you. So I want to encourage you to, to listen up and to be here and some, take some notes. I'm going to be talking about a lot of scripture. So if you write those uh, scripture references down and look at them later, that would be awesome. Because we're running a little bit late here. But I'm not too worried about that. Because it's good. Um, but, but you might want to write some of those scriptures down as we go through them. So Jesus... As we talked about last week, he's the true vine. So Jesus is the true vine. We are what? We're the branches. So Jesus is made to give life to the branches. Jesus, the vine, gives life to the branches. But I, I kind of feel like it's, it's the Holy Spirit that comes to the branches through Jesus, through God, to give us that life, 
to make the branches healthy and to make the branches fruitful, right? Because the scripture tells us that the fruit that we have, the fruit that we bear, is from the Holy Spirit. So it's got to be the Holy Spirit coming through. As we're connected to that true vine, the Holy Spirit comes through and empowers us and keeps us healthy and keeps us growing and helps us to bear fruit. Now, I'm not a theologian by any means, but I, I kind of picture Jesus as the vine because that, that's what he told us in John 15. And then all of the life-giving nutrients are coming through that vine, pumped into the branches. That's you and me. We're the branches. That's the Holy Spirit, those nutrients, those things that are pumped through the vine into the branches. If, if that's theologically incorrect, you can let me know later. But that's kind of the, the visual picture I get of it. It's Jesus giving that uh, Holy Spirit life to us as we're the branches and as we stay connected from him. And then if we disconnect, then we lose that empowerment and we start kind of acting like that snowblower with the flat tire and we have to do all the work by ourselves and we get tired, we get frustrated, we get down in the dumps and we stay disconnected even more. So it's that connection with Jesus that brings life through the Holy Spirit. Because really apart from him, we can do nothing. But through the Holy Spirit, we can do everything. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But through the Holy Spirit, we can do everything. So, you know, I feel like we do try sometimes to make this really deep and really theological. But it seems pretty simple to me. I'm a pretty simple guy. So it's a good thing that it can seem simple. We have to stay connected to the true vine so that the Holy Spirit can bring life and fruit to the branches. And when that does happen, then our lives might look something like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Because that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit that comes as we stay connected to the vine through the Holy Spirit. But we cannot do life to the full without the power of the Holy Spirit. We must have the power of the Holy Spirit in us in order to do life to the full. Otherwise, we're going to be pushing a snowblower with one flat tire and one good tire. So we've got to have that Holy Spirit in us. We can't be fully alive. We can't live on mission without the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So this, you know, I understand it, 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 it could, could be simple, but it also could be confusing as we try to start to understand the Holy Spirit. You know, last week we said it's all about Jesus. This week we're saying it's all about the Holy Spirit. And the answer to that is yes, it is. Right. It's about Jesus. It's about the Holy Spirit. Because we know, or maybe we don't know, God is triune. God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's three in one. And if you try to think about it too long, your brain might start hurting. Because mine does sometimes. But it's three in one. God, three in one. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all connected. They're all distinct, but they're all one. And we, we, we try to, to build uh, examples or uh, illustrations of how this looks. And I think sometimes we do a bad job. Um, but an, an illustration that I kind of looked at and thought was really good is it's kind of like us. The Trinity is kind of like us. It's kind of like you. There's mind, body, and spirit. Those three are very distinct. But if you take away one of them, you take away your life. All three of those things must be together in order to have life. It's just like the, the, the Trinity, the triune God. All three together 
bring us life. We can't discount one or take one away. It's all three distinct but one. Distinct but one. So God is triune, three in one. Beyond that, the other thing that we have to understand that sometimes might make our brains hurt is God is eternal. He's eternal, and eternity works both ways. God was before was was. (laughs) You think about the beginning... Well, God was here before that. That's where my, my brain starts to get a little bit uh, stressed out, crazy. Because God was from the, the beginning. But then you look out on the other end of the eternity spectrum, and God's going to be here at the end. And then beyond the end, because eternity is eternal. And it's beyond the end. It, it's, it, it's, it's mind-boggling, but it's so very true and so very foundational to our God and who He is. He's eternal from the very beginning and before that to the very end and after that. He's eternal. We can read in Genesis 1, verse 2, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, did you get that? The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit was there when God created the earth, when he created the waters, the darkness over the face of the deep, but the Spirit of God was hovering there. That's the Holy Spirit. That's who he is. That's who he's always been. He was with God in the beginning, and he always was. The Holy Spirit isn't just some cloud God that's nebulous. and No, he's, a, he's personhood. He's real. He's, he's got the, uh, the distinctions of personhood that, that lives in us and through us. He has emotion like God. And he wants to be actively engaged in our lives. Not just on Sunday, not just when we're doing something miraculous. He wants to be engaged in our life every day, every day, every minute of every day. The Holy Spirit wants, desires to be engaged with us. The Holy Spirit has emotions. The Holy Spirit loves. In Romans 15.30, it says, Now I urge you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. By the love of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit loves. He loves me. He loves you. He loves the church. The Holy Spirit has emotions and loves. The Holy Spirit speaks. In 2 Samuel, back in the Old Testament, remember we talked about the Old Covenant? Well, this is back during the Old Covenant days, 2 Samuel 23, 2. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samuel here and spoke spoke to him in Acts 13:2 which was just after the the old covenant ended and the new covenant was beginning it says and while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting the holy spirit said the holy spirit spoke the holy spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them the holy spirit speaks he speaks to us Now, there is a difference, I think, between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant with the Holy Spirit in that the Holy Spirit came during the Old, Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and rested on people, where today he comes and fills us and lives through us, which is what Jesus prophesied when he said that he will send a comforter and a helper. Way back in the book of Ezekiel, um, Pastor Kevin read from the book of Ezekiel earlier today, Ezekiel 11.5, it says, Ezekiel says the Holy Spirit fell upon him. In Exodus, way back in the days of Moses, 
Exodus 31.3, I have filled him with the Spirit of God. I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Now, this was talking about a craftsman. You talk about God, the Holy Spirit being part of our day-to-day, our everyday. This is, uh, in Exodus 31.3, it talks about a craftsman who was making some crafts that would go into the tabernacle. It says, I have filled him with the, Holy, with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. So God poured out his spirit onto this man who was a craftsman to do his everyday job and to make some really good stuff to go into the temple, some really beautiful things through the wisdom. It says knowledge, intelligence, craftsmanship that the Holy Spirit brought to this man. In Luke Verse 1, this was before Jesus was born in the New Testament. It says, And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. The Holy Spirit filled her at this time. The Holy Spirit came upon her and filled her. And then even way back in Judges, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. He rushed upon him. This is talking about uh, Samson. And although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. So the Spirit of the Lord brought supernatural strength and wisdom and knowledge during this time. Well, Jesus predicted the Holy Spirit would come. Now, we had the the old covenant where the Holy Spirit would come upon these people for certain circumstances, for certain times, for certain actions that they needed to uh, perform. But the Holy Spirit is, is actively engaged in God's people then. And he's engaged in us now. He works through us and upon those who are called for a specific purpose. And Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit for a purpose. And his mission was to bring salvation to all, all of us, to you and to me. That was Jesus' mission, filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's what Jesus said. As, as Jesus was nearing the end of his time here on earth, um, we can read in the book of John, Chapter 16, I think we have it on the slide. This is Jesus talking. We're going to be talking about this scripture for a few minutes. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go away, but if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Nevertheless, there should be another slide. I'll just read from here. In judgment, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit who was going to come after he left earth, after he ascended into heaven, and be available to us to fill us, to help us, to comfort us as we live out our life, as we live out our life on mission. So, really, how can it, how can it be better for us if Jesus leaves? You know, he says at the beginning of that scripture, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Well, how can that be? Jesus, God was here with us. How can it be to our advantage that he goes away? And I thought about this, and I thought about it, and, and 
I think the answer is that Jesus, when God chose to put, Je- put Jesus on earth, to put God on earth inside of a human body, he also chose that that human body could be in one place at one time. Where Jesus was was where he was. He could do miracles there. He could, he could be the comforter there. He could be the helper there, but only there because he chose to be in the form of the body. Of the body. Now, God could have miraculously done other things or done it a different way, but that's the way God chose to send Jesus in the body. So it is better when Jesus goes to send the helper because the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit can live in all of us, can live in our hearts, can live inside of us, can give us guidance, can give us wisdom, can give us knowledge, can give us words of prophecy, all these things the Holy Spirit can do in us because the Holy Spirit supernaturally can be in us at all times and is not confined to that one human body. So I think that's how it's better for us that Jesus went away and the Holy Spirit came. So Jesus, he prophetically talks about the Holy Spirit as he's coming and how he will impact our lives. And he talks about, two, there's two distinct ways that Jesus talked about that, that the Holy Spirit would impact us. First, the Holy Spirit would restore fellowship and intimacy with God. This goes back to the fellowship of God, which was broken in the Garden of Eden by Adam and Eve as they ate of the fruit. We talked about that again a few weeks ago. They ate of the fruit. So that fellowship was broken. The relationship was broken. So this is an important part of what Jesus did as he sacrificed for us. It's through the Holy Spirit that we have a love, intimate relationship with God. It's through that Holy Spirit that lives in us that really kind of reconnects that intimacy that we can have with God. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is the conduit to God's heart. The Holy Spirit is what draws us, what connects us again with God's heart. It's how he reveals his words to us. And Paul says in Scripture that he receives revelation from the Spirit. So God is actively participating in Paul's learning process of his word. The Holy Spirit is active in our process of learning his word, of living our lives, of of having life on mission, being fully alive. You know, God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. We hear that, we know that. God loved us that much. But he also loved us enough to send the helper, to send the comforter, to send the Holy Spirit, to be our helper and to be our comforter. So many times we get concerned about that. We get a little bit tweaked out about that, about what that really means. But what that really means is that God loved you enough to not only send Jesus to die for our salvation, but to send the Holy Spirit to fill us and to show us how we can live our life fully alive and on mission. The second thing, the first thing is the Holy Spirit brings back that intimacy with God. The second thing is the Holy Spirit brings us empowerment. He brings empowerment to our life as we live our life on mission. In Acts 1, verses 6 through 8, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So this was Jesus' disciples asking. After he was uh, risen from the grave, he was still on earth. So his disciples says, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So Jesus told his disciples, and he told us that the Holy Spirit would guide them 
to be his witnesses, that the Holy Spirit would be with them. It's a very practical way. It's not just a, uh, a miraculous way. You know, so many times we think of the Holy Spirit in the miraculous, and the Holy Spirit certainly does the miraculous. The Holy Spirit can uh, be a part of us and, and can really do miracles through us. But there's also more because the Holy Spirit is in us in our day-to-day. Just like that craftsman that I talked about in the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit gave wisdom and power to. That's the same that he does to us in, the, in our day-to-day. He can give us that wisdom. He can give us knowledge. He can give us a word of prophecy. If we've reduced the Holy Spirit to a part of God that only works in the miraculous, then we, we haven't really understood who the Holy Spirit is or how the Holy Spirit operates in us. When we think of a move of the Holy Spirit as only happening on Sunday morning, then do we really think that the Holy Spirit is only for Sunday mornings? No, if we are leaving the Holy Spirit at church on Sunday, then we go through six-sevenths of our life powerless. If we leave the Holy Spirit here, six-sevenths of our life, the next six days of the week, we're powerless because the Holy Spirit goes with us and empowers us in our day-to-day. You know, after Jesus ascended to heaven, you know, just as he promised, the Holy Spirit came and filled the, the disciples in Jerusalem. You know, he had told them to wait, and they did have to wait some days, and the Holy Spirit came. And it was a time, when the Holy Spirit came, it was a time that the, the Jews called Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is a Jewish celebration, and uh, it dates way back to the days of Moses. Uh, they would celebrate Pentecost as their celebration of when Moses went up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and came, brought, the, brought that back, brought the law back. Then they had this big celebration that they called Pentecost. And they were still celebrating that even all this time uh, later. They were still celebrating Pentecost. So the, the disciples were there doing their, uh, I guess what you would call religious duty of celebrating the, the Feast of Pentecost. And they were obedient to Jesus who had told them to wait. So they were waiting. They were being obedient. It was a holy day for them. It was Pentecost. They were doing their religious duty. And then this happened. And read this. This is good. Acts 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were filled, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the day of Pentecost as we know it now. The day that the Holy Spirit came and filled these disciples in that room. Hello? The Holy Spirit's here now. Things have changed. Things are different. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The whole rest of the book of Acts it's just the history of, of how the Holy Spirit worked through these guys. As they went out and they lived their life on mission, they did what Jesus called them to do. There were signs and wonders and miracles all around. Thousands committed their life to Jesus in one day. Thousands committed their lives. But not only were there signs and wonders and miracles, but also the Holy Spirit worked in the ordinary part of their life. He gave them wisdom regarding how to establish the church. He gave them wisdom for that. He gave them prophetic words. He gave them knowledge to speak to non-believers in such a way that they could make a connection 
and tell those people about Jesus and be the witnesses because of the knowledge of how to speak out the word of Christ through them. All of this was done through the impartation and the power and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, all this occurred. It's, it's chronicled in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is, is largely a history lesson for us. It's, it talks about Paul's, a lot about Paul's life, a lot about the disciples and how they lived. This is history. This really happened. You know, some people would argue maybe that, oh, this was a miraculous time and, and that the Holy Spirit was for that time. The Holy Spirit's not for this time. Some people would argue that. But I think if, I, if they were arguing that with me, I would return with this scripture from Hebrews 13.8 that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Holy Spirit, today. The triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is for today. Just as it was for this time in Acts. You know, we may not see cloven tongues of fire over people's head, but we might. You never know. I'm not going to rule that out. God can do that. So the question is, are you considering the Holy Spirit in your life journey? Are you considering the Holy Spirit as you go, you live your day-to-day? Is the Holy Spirit empowering you? Is the Holy Spirit giving you wisdom and knowledge? Do you know the Holy Spirit? The simple answer is we must. We must. The church, the church can't be the church without the power of the Holy Spirit. And not just on Sunday. We've seen the Holy Spirit move here today. And it's awesome. But the Holy Spirit moves in us Monday and Tuesday. Our worst day. Our best day. The Holy Spirit works through us. The Holy Spirit needs to work through us. Otherwise, we're going to be pushing our snowblower with a flat tire. If we try to do it all on our own. We're going to be tired. We're going to be frustrated. We're going to feel like giving up. be the church as a force in our society today, we must be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. There's a guy who wrote a book. His name is Warren Wiersbe. The book is Be Transformed. And he says it very well. Just as the Son of God had to have a body in order to do his work on earth, Jesus had to have a body to do his work here on earth. So the Spirit of God needs a body to accomplish his ministries. And that body is the church. That body is you and me, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled to the overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We're that body that the Holy Spirit uses. We're that body that the Holy Spirit uses. So we can continue to work on our own, strive, struggle, push that snowblower with one good tire and one bad tire, or we can let ourselves be filled with the Holy Spirit. working on all cylinders, seeing him work in our lives every day, Sunday, Monday, good day, bad day. He can work through our lives. If you would like to know more about Grace Capital Church or how to get a copy of this broadcast, please visit us online at gccnh.com.